I'm talking about if you really want to receive the blessings of God, if you really want to be eligible for the eternal life, for the crown, then you have to subject yourself to be held accountable. God will not give his blessing and bestow his blessing to an unruly house. Shack. I hope you guys are having a beautiful Friday morning, Friday afternoon. It is 12.38 p.m. where I am, and uh, the Lord has blessed us mightily. The Lord has blessed us with another day to do his will, another day for more miracles to happen, another day for more people to know the truth, another day to find a person's identity, to find your identity if you haven't already. Another day for Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. Amen. But um, today, I want to impart to you guys something that you might not know. The difference between righteous judgment and wrongful judgment. Because one of the issues in the body of Christ is that you know, a lot of people love to say, don't judge. A lot of people love to say, oh, you're so judgmental. You scare people away. You're a Pharisee. You're a heretic. You're this, you're that. You know, a lot of people love to say these things. But I want to break it down. I want to break it down in terms of biblical terms, what it means for a Christian to truly judge. Okay, and I want to explain the difference between that and in wrongful judgment and what does it mean to judge wrongfully? Okay, but um, I'm going to read. I'm going to start with uh, John verse seven, uh, John chapter seven, excuse me, verse 24. Um, but before I begin, I think it's it's uh, it's righteous that I say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, we, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I ask that you impart us the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding and the daily bread today, Father God. Give me the words I need to speak and impart onto your people, Father God. I plead the blood of Jesus over all those who are within the sound of my voice, and I plead the blood of Jesus over all those who will come within the sound of my voice. Give me the wisdom. Lead me and guide me into all truth onto today. Lead us and guide us into all truth onto today. Help us be able to truly see how you see things. And in Jesus' name, let your will be done today, tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. Amen. Okay, guys, so going into it. The difference between righteous judgment versus wrongful judgment. John chapter 7, verse 24. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. I'm going to start off with uh, wrongful judgment. I know I just read a verse that said righteous judgment, but I want to show you guys the verse that a lot of people, you know, they, they, they stick to. 
Let me turn to where's that judge not verse? Judge, judge, okay, Matthew 7, verse 1. I'm going to start there. Okay, judge not that you be judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Children of Yah, what that verse is simply saying is, I mean, a lot of people, I see it all the time, you know, when, whenever, whenever I preach a truth that hits a little close to home, a lot of people typically come out the woodwork and they say, don't judge. You're judgmental. All you do is judge, judge, judge. Well, from according to John chapter 7, verse 24, you are 100% correct. In fact, we are all called to judge. In fact, you judge unknowingly. You do it in life. And a lot of people who tell me don't judge, that is their judgment on me. And it's a wrongful judgment. And that's what I'm, go I'm going to start with. So that judge not verse, what that means is if you're being a hypocrite, OK, if you are doing something that you are not supposed to be doing and you're preaching against it, you and that is what that judge not verse uh, applies to. You know, I can't talk about sexual immorality. I can't talk about the nakedness of a woman if I'm looking at porn. I can't talk about, oh, see, such and such cheating on such and such. You know, he's a dog. She's a dog. She's this. He's that. And I'm committing infidelities myself. I can't talk about living a responsible life if I'm living irresponsibly. That is what that judge not passage means. And if one judges in such an area they, that they themselves are not holy in, when it comes to the light, and it will, you will be torn to pieces. You will be exposed for your iniquity. You know, one of the things I did when I started my ministry, actually the first thing I did when I started my ministry was admit that I had struggled prior to that, I struggled with a porn addiction. And I knew this was going to be important to admit because I know that the devil would try to use it against me. Like, well, you can't really take, you can't really chase that line too far. You can't really speak with the same conviction in your voice because you know, you're still looking at porn. You know, you're looking at porn five times a week before church, five times a, a Sunday before church and 20 times a Sunday after church. You know, you still look at porn every night. You know, you have hard drives and hard drives and hard drives full of porn. So you can't speak on sexual immorality. And I knew the devil was going to use that against me. And I knew that my ministry was not going to have any weight because the Bible says you cannot partake in both cups and you cannot sit at both tables and you cannot serve two masters. You either love one 
or hate the other. That is how it's supposed to be. And that's what it means when the Bible says to judge not. But like I said earlier, like I read in John chapter 7, verse 24, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Children of y'all, let me explain something. What it means to judge righteously means to bring into accountability, to teach, to edify, and to exhortate, to bring to bring the true knowledge of the word of God to one who errs off the path onto his own way and not the ways of the Lord. And so anything that supports that cause to bring someone to the kingdom, that is judging righteously. And the people who say, don't judge, I'm not judgmental, who are we to judge? Listen, we do it in life. We do it in life. How do you have the friends that you have? You analyze them when you first met them. You analyze their words. You analyze their actions. You analyze their mannerisms. And then you made the judgment call to say, okay, this person gets the thumbs up. I'm going to be their friend. I'm going to be their husband. I'm going to be their wife. I'm going to be whoever they're going to be. They're going to be in my life. You made the same situation with your job. You analyze the pros and the cons of the job, and then you determine that the job was a suitable fit for your life, and now you have the job that you have. You did the same thing with your car. You analyzed the pros and cons of your car. You weighed the good. You weighed the bad. You even judged the salesperson to say, okay, I think this person is telling the truth. I think I can trust them. And then you made the judgment call to say, okay, this person gets the green, the green light, the thumbs up. And on the flip side of the coin, you do the same for the toxic people who are not in your life. You analyze their, their words, their actions, their mannerisms, just the same. And you determine, uh, I don't really think this person is conducive for my life. You know, they seem to do more harm than good. You know, trouble always follows them. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm going to have this person in my life. And then you made the judgment call to say, nope, that's a, that's a dub. And you did the same with, with pretty much anything else you did not want in your life. You looked at it and you said, uh, this ain't really a good fit. You know, I don't need this. I don't need this, this, this item, this product. I don't need that person. When you go to, when you go to the store, when you go to a clothing store, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom's, Dillard's, whatever it is, and you look at, you look at a dress, okay? You look at a shirt, you look at pants, you look at shoes, you look at a shirt, and you size it up. You test how the fabric feels, you look at the design of the shirt or of the piece of clothing. And then you either say, oh, this is nice. I like this. Or you say, eh, I'm not really feeling it. And then you put it back. We do it in life. We judge in life and we just don't know that we judge. We don't know that we judge. And so when it comes to judging righteously, it takes on a whole different meaning. We're still analyzing the words and actions of another believer, but it goes much deeper than that. What it, the level that it goes to is we judge in the spiritual realm as well. This is how we discern the good from the bad. This is how we discern light from dark. This is how we discern God from devil. When Jesus 
tells us to judge righteously. What he is saying is use the discernment of God to look at all areas of your life and all things and people you encounter. If some of you aren't sold on the on the do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment, let me show let me show you some other verses. Oh, and by the way, judging wrongfully also means by judging with uh, judging according to appearance. You may look at someone and deem them unfit for a certain role. Maybe you don't like a person because you don't think they look attractive. Maybe you don't. Maybe you reject a person because. You don't like what they wear. Maybe what they wear, you know, they're not eligible to sit in the cool kids club. We did it in school all the time. You know, everybody followed a certain trend. Everybody followed a certain status. And anybody who did not fit that status, they got, they, they were, we always uh, uh, pushed them in the L column. We say, ah, oh, this person's corny. Look at them. They're ugly. They're unattractive. Who wears that? We did it in high school. Every single one of most of us, I should say, most of us did it in high school. You were judged by what you wore. You were judged by how you acted. You were judged by how attractive you were. And if you weren't any of those things, you were judged even more wrongfully. You weren't judged by the conduct of your character. You weren't judged by whether or not you were righteous and holy with the Lord. You weren't judged by what was in your heart. You weren't judged by the good that you did. You were judged by how you looked. At least that was the way it was when I went to school. That's judging wrongfully. But let me show you guys other verses that call us to judge in God's word. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 14 to 15. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Hmm. Children of y'all, when I when it says that he is spiritual, what it basically means, he who carries the doctrine of Christ, he who has the blood of Jesus covering him, he who has received, uh, 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 he who has received the Holy Spirit into him, means that he has the right discernment because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Okay. Let me take a quick break before I resume to look into the comments. Denise Wilson says, Satan loves when we isolate parts of scripture to suit our flesh. It throws us into disobedience, and that's exactly where he wants us. Only God can judge me as a poisonous thought made up by man who isolated scripture to accommodate his rebellion. Denise, you are 100% correct. That only God judge me mentality, that do as thou wilt mentality, listen, you're walking yourself into a trap. This is me judge this is me judging righteously. You're walking into a trap. Do not think that you can walk about this earth, do whatever you want to do, and just because you haven't suffered the consequences yet doesn't mean you won't. There is a consequence to everything under the eyes of God. If we are obedient to him, we receive a good set of consequences. If we are disobedient to him, we receive the curse. We receive a uh, a uh, uh, we receive an affliction we honestly and truthfully have no desire to receive. 
Yes, we want to fulfill the lusts of the flesh, but we don't want the consequences of that. This is righteous judgment. This is righteous judgment. So Denise, very good. Good, good, uh, good comment. That only God, that only God can judge me verse is, is, is not holy. But 1 Corinthians 6, verses 2 to 3. For what do I have to do with judging those who are? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So the Bible says we'll even be able to judge what happens in the spiritual realm. We'll even be able to judge then. What angels will we judge? Will we judge the angels of heaven? It doesn't say angels of heaven and it doesn't say angels of hell. It just says angels. So we got to apply by default the broad spectrum of angels. The Bible says that Satan deceived the third of heaven. I presume that those are the angels that we will judge. Those are the angels that we will judge and we will condemn into the lake of fire. I have seen visions about that myself, but that was first Corinthians chapter six, verses two to three. What about verses four to five? Then if then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? Not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren. So right then and there, that basically confirms what I'm saying. We are called to judge and keep each other accountable. Otherwise, there is no accountability. There is no accountability, and it then becomes an apostate an apostate church, an apostate body, an apostate doctrine. I It, it, it really upsets me when I see churches that don't set the standard, that don't set the proper standard of accountability to keep their people in line. I'm not talking about enforce this, enforce that, and snap the whip. I'm talking about if you really want to receive the blessings of God, if you really want to be eligible for the eternal life, for the crown, then you have to subject yourself to be held accountable. God will not give his blessing and bestow his blessing to an unruly house, want a house who refuses to abide by his commandments. God said, if you love me, keep the commandments. Jesus said, not everyone who screams, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the father's will in heaven. Many will say to me, but Lord, we did signs and wonders in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We prophesied in your name. And I will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. You workers of iniquity, this children of Yah is judging righteously. And I'm going to get more deeper into that. Let's look at Titus chapter one, verses 10 through 13. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things they ought which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own said, Cretans of are always liars, 
evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. So we are called to rebuke those who do not entertain any thought of the truth. I had a little tiny debate with one of my fellow sisters in Christ who, who uh, uh, also happens to be a prophet. And what she was basically saying is we have, to, we have to judge righteously in a spirit of gentleness. I believe that she was on the verge of saying, you know, don't, don't, don't point out people's sin, let them go through whatever they want to go to. But I have to respectfully disagree because you got to put yourself in this mindset. What if it was the last day they had to receive Christ? And see, let me give you guys a little bit more perspective of, of, of why I disagree. So I was addicted, as most of you know, I was addicted to pornography for 22 years. In eight of those years, I was a believer. I was a believer just by me saying that Jesus Christ was my Lord and Savior. Now, whether or not I was keeping the commandments, that was a whole different story. I obviously wasn't if I was looking into pornography. But nonetheless, I digress. But I had a pornography addiction. But bear in mind, when I was going through that addiction, I was not happy. I was very sad. I was very depressed. And to be honest, I was looking for a way out. Now, what my friend said to me was, if I tell them that they're this, if I tell this person they're going to hell, it doesn't save them. And I said, yes, you are correct. But if you had tell, if you had told them the consequences of their sin, the Holy Spirit gives you the discernment about people. Because like I said, the Bible, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. If you had told them the consequences of their sin, for example, if you told me the consequences of my sin, if you were able to discern the darkness in my heart through looking into my eyes and you said, Shaq, you have a pornography addiction and you look at porn for the wrong reasons, the Spirit of the, the, Spirit of the Lord says to stop. The Spirit of the Lord says He's going to change who you are. He's going to give you new identity. But the consequences of you looking at pornography, you hear the devil's voice every day in your head. You hear the devil laughing at you every day in your head. You've actually been going through a spirit of depression. You fear that if you, if you look at you, you fear that if you expose the porn to other people, everybody's going to think you're dirty. And the Spirit of the Lord says that this is not the way. This is not the way. If you come to terms with your sin and if you part ways with your sin and pick up the Lord's will, he will deliver you from it. And me, if someone had told me that when I was eyeball deep in the addiction, I would have said to them, how can I stop it? How can I get out of this addiction that, that I, I, I can't break free from? You know, I, I want to be free from this pain. I hate the fact that, that, you know, this is all I have to look forward to. I have no love in my personal life. My parents don't, my parents don't show me any kind of love. My siblings don't show me any love. 
you know, everyone at my local church forsakes me. Everyone at my at my local church, they have no desire to 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 be to even be around me anyway. And no one sees what I'm going through. And I'm too scared to tell them because I know that they'll judge me. They'll judge me wrongfully. They'll say, you're condemned, you're this, you're that. And then rather than pray with me, they'll 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 walk away from me. So how do I get rid of it? How do how, how do I get how, how do I how do I break free? See, if someone was filled with the spirit, this is how it would have felt. If someone was filled with the spirit and they told me that, that would have been the greatest breakthrough in my life because it means number 1 it means that God was watching. Number two, it means that somebody cared enough to do the Lord's will to tell me. And number three, it meant that I finally had a way out. Because the Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed for the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Bible also says you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I just wanted to be free so badly. I did, I did not enjoy my sin whatsoever. And, you know, I was convinced that because I didn't have the love that pornography was the way, the only way to receive love, the only way to receive love. And obviously that was a lie from the pits of hell. But in the end, the only one exposing it was myself. And by doing so, by me exposing my own sin, I became free from it. I gave no place to the devil and the devil had no foothold to use against me. Because see, because see, here's the thing. And this is where the judge not verse applies. A lot of people, they preach against some of the sins that they themselves commit in secret, but they don't chase that line too far because the more they preach against it, the more their own spirits feel convicted. The more they hear the devil going, come on, man, you talking about cheating. You know how many women you looked at last night. Come on, man, you talk, you talking about you talking about no sex without the intention of, of marriage. How many women did you look at in the past five minutes who had on tight skirts, who had on who had on a, a, a crazy looking outfit that you lusted after? And this is what the devil does. The devil is counting on this bondage so that he curses your, your, your flesh. And, and here's another thing with preaching with a secret sin or skeleton in the closet. Not only does it keep you bound, but it also allows the spirit of death. You also open a door to the spirit of death and that spirit of death will be spread upon the people. So now it's not just you who, who, who will be held accountable and will be judged accordingly, but it's the people you lead will be held accountable. The Bible said, Jesus said, you know, let the blind lead the blind for both will fall into a ditch. And if you don't, and judging righteously means having the spirit inside you to be able to see the darkness in others so you can warn them and stay away from them if they refuse to turn away from it. That is judging righteously, children of Yah. 
And that leads into Ephesians 5.11, which says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For, and it also, it also says something, something afterwards. It says, um, let, me, let me turn to Ephesians 5.11 Ephesians 5, real, real quick. Because I want to read to you the verses afterwards. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret, done by the darkness in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Children of Yah, let me, let me explain something to you. Light has no fellowship with darkness. See, darkness hates light because light exposes darkness. Darkness is rendered null and ineffective into the light. And that's why it's so, that's why the devil has such a firm grip on a lot of different Christians and a lot of their secret sins that they cannot pursue the will of God because the devil is just constantly feeding them the lie that they can never be free. They can never break away from their sin and their sin is a part of them. If you were to, if you were to talk to a homosexual man about his bondage, he's going to say, well, this is just the way I am. I can't change it. If he's not ready to receive the truth, he will say that. And you will say to him, that is a lie from the pits of hell. You were made in the image and likeness of God. If you were born a homosexual, it is because someone before you made the wrong choice and introduced and opened the door to the spirit of homosexuality, or you suffered it as a child. And you thought that it was always a part of who you are. And that's how the stronghold got started. That's how the affliction got started. That's how the bloodline got started. And unless you come to Jesus and sever the t set, uh, cast out the spirit of homosexuality in Jesus name, declare the blood of Jesus over your life and receive repentance and, and give repentance and receive the Holy Spirit. You'll never be free. That children of Yah is judging righteously. That is not judging wrongfully. That is not being rude. That is not being disrespectful. That is not insulting them. That is not belittling them. That is the God's honest truth. And there is no partiality with sin. Homosexuality is just as bad as murder. And murder is just as bad as lying. And lying is just as bad as stealing. And stealing is just as bad as drunkenness. It is all one and the same because it's all one spirit that controls. It's a spirit. Romans 16, verses 17 to 18. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. 
You know, there are people out there, they, they, the first thing they resort to is that judge not, judge not, judge not, judge not, judge not. Why are you being so judgmental? You're so judgmental. All you do is be, all you do is judge, 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 judge. And they tell you that you're so judgmental as they themselves judge you. They don't realize the fallacy behind it. They don't, they don't realize the hypocrisy behind it because the Bible says that the God, of this, the God of this age has blinded them. They are literally blind. They are literally blind to the truth. I, got, I had a woman, uh, someone posted a, uh, a picture of Russell Wilson and his wife, Sierra, at the, I guess it was the Oscars or something. And Sierra was wearing like a, a basically a dragnet over her and she was she was naked. She was she was basically naked. And I had said, uh-uh. See, not everybody is who they say they are. There are some people who claim to be Christian, but they do not keep the commandments of the Lord. They are indeed fake. They are indeed fake. And she and, and I forgot what her comment was, but her comment was basically she defended them like, oh, the, 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 the modern day Christian is ridiculous. You know, you guys are so just I'm like, do you not see what she is wearing? Like, what does the Bible say? And then I broke down to her the verses, especially that Revelations verse that where the Holy Spirit talks about the church of Thyatira. And um, he talks about the spirit of Jezebel and how she seduces men into committing sins of adultery and eating things sacrificed to idols and that he gave her time to repent and she did not repent. And not only does he talk about Jezebel in the present tense, but he also talks about what he's going to do to Jezebel and all those who commit her works. And I explained this to her. And she wasn't receiving any of it. And there are some people, children of Yah, that you're going to, you're, you know, no matter what you say, you're never going to change their minds. Because that's exactly what Romans 16, verse 17 suggests, to avoid such people. But I did my best to offer righteous judgment and accountability, and she avoided it. And so you're just going to have to learn to accept. But, when, but, but see, people, they like to confuse the accountability talk for offense. They like to uh, confuse the accountability talk as attack, as insults. And most of the time, whenever I give people accountability, they themselves do what they accuse me of doing. They call me names. They belittle me. They try to, they, they, they try to sabotage me. I had one dude try to blackmail me the other day, trying to say, I'm going to post, I'm going to post a pic of every girl whose Facebook picture you liked. And I'm going to expose you. I said, if you do that, then God will give you the lake of fire. It is not righteous to judge some judge a man of a sin that God has already forgiven him from. And God and the truth of the matter is more righteous judgment. God has not forgiven these people of their sins because they have not come to repentance. They have not killed those killed those fleshly desires at the cross. They have not presented themselves a living sacrifice on, unto the Lord. That is just the facts. That has nothing to do with being disrespectful. 
People say, well, oh, your tone is harsh. Well, listen, I try my best to be gentle. See, here's the thing. Those who are always ready to receive the truth, the conversation is always different. Like if someone came to me in private, which they have, and they told me, Shaq, I have a problem drinking. I will never kick them down. I will never, ever kick another believer or another person who struggles with iniquity down if he came to me or she came to me and admitted it, Shaq, I need help. What do I do? And the conversation like I was ready to admit to someone, yes, I am addicted to porn. How do I stop it? I would have I would have been more than open for help, deliverance, whatever a believer does at that moment. That was my that was my frame. Now I know how to cast out the devil. Now I know how to break the curse. Now now I know what exactly to do to help someone in that situation because I came out of the fire. I came out of the harlot. But all the but these people no matter what you say, children of Yah, you're never going to make them happy. You're never going to make them happy. You know, they love to hear themselves talk. They think that everything that they say is right, is righteous and holy. And it's so funny. These same people, they say, well, no one is perfect. But then when you try to help perfect them, they get offended and deny it. All right, no one's perfect. I wasn't perfect either, but if you offered to help perfect me, I wouldn't have denied it because I was looking for a way out. And the truth of the matter is, these people are not looking for a way out of their sin. They're not looking for a way out. Like the verse, like Romans 16, 18 says, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Christ. They don't keep the doctrine of Jesus Christ but they keep the doctrine of their own belly, their own feelings, their own desires. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. I get so many people, even Christians, following people who don't serve the Lord. Whenever I preach a truth, they love to flatter themselves and they, 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 they love to, to mount up the troops so to speak. And they love to attract those who say they have the doctrine of Christ. Listen, if you had the doctrine of Christ, where is the discernment? Where is the whole, where is the guidance of the Holy Spirit telling you that this person is in fact in the wrong and that they are deceived? You know, like I, I got, like I got into the argument last night, you know, with this, can a, a Christian receive a demon? Like there are Christians out there that say, no, a Christian you know, it is impossible. Like once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can, you can't, excuse me, receive, receive a demon. You can never lose your salvation. But well, then what is the point of putting on the armor of God? What is the point of when Galatians says, he who sows into the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows into the spirit will reap everlasting life. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. For what a man sows, he shall also reap. What is the point of Ephesians 5.11 saying, and have no, no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them? What is the point? What is the point of, of Jesus telling the man to sin no more? 
What is the point when the Bible says to abstain from every form of evil? What is the point when the Bible says give no place to the devil? You know, look at Judas. Look at Ananias and his wife. Why does the Bible say in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons? Why does the Bible say, now walk, in, walk in according to the spirit and not according to the flesh? And then it lists the ways of the flesh uh, are, are, are evident. And it also says, you know, you can't simply do what you want if you wish to walk according to the spirit. You know, it lists the idolaters, the sorcerers, the fornicators, the sexually immoral, the, hom the homosexuals, or the King James Version says the effeminate, and the, 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 the drunkards, and the boasters, and things like these. And those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It says more, but that is the gist of it. What is the point of why I would say that then? Children of Yah, just another example of righteous judgment. Just another example of righteous judgment. Now, children of Yah, I will say this. Like I said earlier, or if I haven't, I'll say, I'll take the opportunity to say it now. We have to, you have to use spiritual discernment when it comes to judging righteously. Because if you evidently see something, but the Holy Spirit has not moved you to judge someone, they could possibly take it the wrong way. Even though the Bible says to warn them, we have to exercise a spirit of gentleness. And I know, you know, with my posts, you know, I know it sounds like I'm being harsh, but the one thing about my post is I never call anybody out individually. It's always impersonal. It's always, uh, uh, I always post indirectly. I don't hint to who I'm talking to because I personally believe that if you are struggling with any of the sins, any of the secret stuff I preach against, that you should inquire of the Lord and the Holy Spirit will convict you. This is another thing of what it means to judge righteously. One of my sisters in Christ said that, you know, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. This isn't conviction. This is warning. This is warning because the Bible says, if anyone doesn't carry the doctrine of Christ, do not fellowship with him, but admonish him as a brother. In Ezekiel chapter 3, the Lord told Ezekiel, if you let a man continue in his iniquity and you do not warn him and he dies, then he will die in his iniquity, but his blood will fall on your hands. But if you warn him and he still continues in his iniquity, he will die in his iniquity, but it, it's not going to fall on your responsibility. We are called to warn of anyone to come out of the harlot come out of the ways of this world. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewal of your mind to what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then before that, it says, present yourself a living sacrifice unto the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you're supposed to do is kill that fleshly desire. You say, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. And then you end the day the same. You say, 
I'm not going to end the day the way I want to end it. I'm not going to look at porn at 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm going to spend it in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to spend it in prayer. I'm going to spend it in a fast. I'm going to dedicate myself to learning as much of the Lord as possible, not just read the Bible, but receive his bread, receive his spirit, learn more about the mysteries of the kingdom. The Bible says it is given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to the unbelievers, it's given to them in parables. So either way, it's given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. We just have to inquire of it. Because there are some spiritual, there, everything in this world, children of Yah, is spiritual. Everything. Whatever you see in the natural is a result of a decision made or a door open in the spiritual realm, whether good or bad. God is a God of order. God is a God of order. And I always welcome anybody, listen, if you're really struggling with a secret sin and you just can't stop it, you know, people have gotten me for this, but I would encourage you, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation because I want to help you break three. And a conversation with a true believer is never a conversation. If you meet a believer who's filled with the spirit, what they're going to do is they're going to cast that spirit out of you or they're going to work that spirit out of you. But if you still have an attachment to the spirit, then that spirit will be casted out, but it will come back seven times more powerful. So if you're ready to have a conversation with someone that you love and care about, about secret sin, you have to be prepared to let that secret sin go. So when it comes to, do I have any more verses? I got one. I got one. And I'm going to encourage you guys to, to really not take offense to this one. Really not take offense to this one, please. Because I do not say this to insult. I say this to warn because I love each and every one of you. And this is not my harshness. This is what the Bible actually says. Proverbs 12, 1, that's my disclaimer. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That is what the Bible says. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the Bible says. And obviously I would agree because there are some Christians, let, let, let's look at the, the, the Christian side of it. There are some Christians out there that they want to tell everybody else how it is, but they themselves don't want to be corrected. What is the point of receiving this, the Savior in your hearts, the Holy Spirit in your hearts, and ignore his correction? What is the point of receiving Jesus Christ and continuing in your ways? It's not just you say the words, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And now I'm saved. Now I can continue my life however I want to, and I'm not going to go to hell. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. Because God's going to know your intentions are not pure. And when someone corrects you, you're like, oh, who are you to judge? 
You don't get to tell me nothing. You ain't got nothing to say to me. I know my heart and I know where I stand. One guy said that to me, even as he was cussing me out, he proclaimed to have better knowledge of God than me. And, and he said, I know God know where my heart is and where I stand. I said, yeah, he knows where you stand. All right. And it's not where you think, you know, there are some seriously delusional people out there that want to tell you how it is. They want to offer they want to offer what their version of correction is, but when you correct them or where someone else corrects them, it's a problem. It don't work like that. And here's the thing. Some of you say I'm stubborn. Some of you say, oh, he don't listen. Some of you say, oh, oh, this, this dude, this dude's a clown. Listen, I have the discernment of the Holy Spirit about you. My vision of who you are is see-through. And if you do not carry the spirit, I will know. If you do not have the oil, I will not listen to anything that you have to say. And if you speak with a reviling spirit, if you speak with a prideful spirit, if you speak with a spirit of envy or jealousy, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say because the Holy Spirit gives me the discernment about you long before you even open your mouth. That's what some of y'all don't realize. And it's going to be the same case with anybody else who has the spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit gives them the download long before you do. And some of y'all even say, well, you don't know me like that. You don't know me like that. Who you think you are? I don't need to know you to know what's in your heart. Jesus said the eyes are the windows to the soul. Am I going to tell you what's in your heart to expose you? We are called to expose darkness. And I have done it in the past and I will still continue to do it. But if you haven't been disrespectful, I will not do it in such a way that de-edifies you. I don't seek to do that anyway, but I'm called, I, 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 see, I love to let people, let me, let, let me back that up. I love to let people do what they do and say what they say because it exposes the true character of who they are and they do it on their own accord. I will not go out of my way to expose anyone who did not want to, who did not call for it. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, make no strive for contention for anyone who has not done you any harm. I'm not going to do that. That's not who I am. I'm going to do my best to offer correction. And if you do not receive it, or if the Holy Spirit nudges me to bring more of your character into the light so that the darkness of your soul has nowhere to hide, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But the goal is for you to come into the light. The Bible says, do not answer a fool according to his own folly. I'm going to listen. I'm going to ignore you. Like I said, I'm very content with letting a fool expose himself. The Bible says even a fool is counted wise when he closes his mouth. And if you're very, very content to be ignorant, if you're very, very content to start the drama, then I'm going to let you start the drama. And then by evidence of your own works, you're going to let everybody know 
who you are on the inside. I've had some people say to me, oh, you hope, oh, you ain't holy, you ain't this, you ain't that. But whenever I offer correction, that's when the demons manifest out, out of people's souls. It's, it, it's, it's demonic. And then there are other Christians out there who will support these people because whenever someone preaches a truth that hits a little too close to home, they don't like to have that part of their characters exposed. And so what happens? Their demons manifest and they start to attack you. And if you notice, they owe it. The people who disagree with you, they always manifest and show themselves at the same time to say the same message. And most of the time anyway, righteous judgment means knowing that these people are lost and they're condemned in sin. The Bible says in the book of Titus, but reject a man after the first, reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition for such a person is warped in sin, having being self-condemned. We have to reject, basically strike three, we have to reject those who just blatantly refuse to receive the doctrine. We have to reject those who speak in the spirit of division and discord and want to sow confusion among the brethren. We have to speak and preach against that. That is righteous judgment. And real righteous judgment is moving in one accord with the spirit. Sometimes you don't always need to respond because that's the reaction that they count on is a response. But sometimes you just got to do what the Holy Spirit says. You got to ignore them. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. The Bible also says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So the right Spirit-led move, if the Spirit moves you to it, is prayer. Because it's never them. It's the Spirit that controls them. And that's how, the, that's how the world works. And it works the same with the things that you entertain that do not edify God, they do not edify Christ, they do not edify the Word of God. It's never what people say. It's the Spirit behind what they say. And it's never... It's, when you watch a movie, it's never just the movie. It's the spirit behind the movie. If it doesn't edify Christ, what does it edify? If it doesn't edify the works of Christ, the works of God, what does it edify? It's only two sides. There's God and there's devil. One person said to me yesterday, well, it's, it, sometimes it's not the devil, it's, it's your flesh. You know, we, we all have free will. And I, I said to him, listen, the Bible says that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you are in the flesh, by evidence of that, it says it in the book of Romans, I forget which chapter, but by evidence of that, what are you operating under? What is your flesh in control of? You want to know why the Bible doesn't say that Jesus was tempted before he came down to earth? Because when you're in the flesh, it is a spiritual, it, it, it's a spiritual, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a spiritual law that when you are in the flesh, you are subjected to the temptation of the devil. That is why the devil was able to tempt Jesus, but not necessarily get him. Because he was in the flesh, in the flesh of a man.
But when Jesus was in heaven, when Jesus was with the Father, the devil couldn't have access to him. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like a bolt of lightning. You know, once Satan fell from heaven, he stopped being all-seeing. He stopped being all-knowing. But you yourself, because, of the whole, because if you carry the Holy Spirit, you will see as God sees. You will know according to, your, uh, according to what the Holy Spirit wants you to know in his will accordingly. And so when it comes to, I'm, I'm wrapping up, when it comes to righteous judgment versus wrongful judgment, you got to understand that when you judge righteously, your feelings are never involved. Or when someone righteously judge you, it's not about whether they like or don't like you. It's that they see something that you don't see, that you've been blinded to. The sin that you're self-indulging in will lead to death. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It is our job to warn you of that way. Most of the sin that we commit is dead-ended. Whenever we desire to please the flesh, you got to ask yourselves, why is one time never enough? Why is, it never, why is it never enough to have one beer? Why is it never enough to smoke one joint, one cigarette? Why is, why is, is one purse never enough? One outfit never enough? Why is $1 million never enough? Why do we want 2 million, 3 million, 5 million? Or whatever. Why is whatever you indulge in never enough? Why is it that you have to, when you, you have to always return to re-up on the feeling? You got to ask yourselves that question. Maybe your body isn't supposed to entertain it. If you're drinking alcohol or uh, 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 Friday evening, and you're vomiting into the midnight, what is righteous about that? Or when you're smoking something and it impairs your judgment and you move slowly, your reaction time is slow, like what, like what is so righteous about that? Or when you go out and fornicate and you have sex with multiple partners, and you end up more and more confused, more and more lost, and more and more dirty. What is righteous about that? That's not the way. Whatever it is that you lack in your heart, the Holy Spirit is supposed to fill. If you smoke the weed to gain peace, you'll gain a false peace for an hour or two, but just know that being filled with the Holy Spirit means you have everlasting peace. If you drink the alcohol to experience joy, you might experience it for a few hours, but just know the, the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit means you have everlasting joy, joy that does not end. The Holy Spirit is supposed to make a man's heart content, not what the world wants you to entertain. None of these things glorify God.
I have never, ever met someone who smoked weed and honestly saw the spirit of God manifest. And you know something too? The spirit of God will manifest in sin, meaning God will show you the wickedness of your ways. God will show you his wrath in sin. You could be smoking weed. Next thing you know, you're seeing death all around you. You could be drinking alcohol. Next thing, next thing you know, you see the, whole, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the same wickedness in everybody else. And then the weed don't feel so pleasant. The drinking don't feel so pleasant. You could be having sex with multiple men, multiple women, and then one look in their eyes, the spirit of the serpent will rise up. And then they'll start to do some weirdness. They'll, they'll, they'll hiss and, and, and they'll do that. I've seen it. Yes. I've had sex with women in my past that did not carry the spirit and they had that serpent. And then I saw, I would see it in their eyes and I would try to disregard it as much as possible. If one of you had warned me against that, it would have been a completely different story. I would not have taken offense to it. I'll be like, yo, that's crazy that you said that because the fact of the matter is, how, how did you know? You weren't there. You could have only known that through what the Holy Spirit showed you. We got to start catching the flow. We got to start catching the flow, man. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Not everything is what it appears to be. Just because something seems harmless, it doesn't mean it is. The devil is a master manipulator. The Bible says, and no wonder, for Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light, as can his ministers. Yes, there are demons who can literally transform into people who monitor your spirit who monitor you. Yes, there are witches and warlocks out there specifically tasked to find the hole in you, to find the wickedness in you, or, or just a temptation that you're willing to entertain. The devil is not all-seeing, not all-knowing, but he does, he does want you to desperately he does want to desperately break you. He wants to desperately knock down the door. This is what righteous judgment means, children of Yah. This is what righteous judgment means. And me judging righteously means keeping you from judging wrongfully. Me judging righteously means keeping you away from the fire means waking you up, like the Bible says, awake. Awake and step into the light of Christ. What did, what, what did the scripture say? Arise you who sleep, Ephesians 5.14. Therefore he says, arise you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Righteous judgment for me, children of Yah, means you coming into that light, you receiving that light, you becoming the light of the world. Some people will argue with me and say, well, I'm a Christian, but I keep it personal. Where in the Bible does it say you should keep your faith personal? It says when you pray, go into the secret place. 
But if going into the secret place was meant to be secret, we would never know how to go into the secret place. Think about that. The Bible says we are the light of the world and where we are not called to keep that light under a bushel. And so I will continue to judge righteously. I will continue to judge and I will continue to preach on the things that nobody else is willing to preach, that they won't be honest with themselves enough to admit that it has kept them in bondage for years. There are people in church leadership, they entertain things they're not supposed to be entertaining. They're sleeping with demons they should be casting out. They're sleeping, they're falling in love with principalities they should be destroying, and they're being perverted by powers they should be destroying. It's not good. And we got to preach the truth. We got to preach the truth. Guys, I'm done for today. I pray that you guys go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. Today's episode is available on Facebook. It will be available on the podcast platform, and it will also be available on YouTube. I love you all. Don't fall into the trap. The next time you want to say you're judgmental, I want to encourage you to think about it one more time. I want to encourage you to take it to the Bible. The Bible, there are 66 books in the Bible. There are hundreds, maybe even thousands of pages. I don't know the specific number, but there are so many pages. There's more than that judge not verse in the Bible. Dedicate yourself to reading it and learn what it means to judge righteously. I love you all. God bless you all. Have a good evening. Thank you.